Support for The Bittersweet Life comes from Italy Beyond the Obvious. Planning a dream trip to Italy? Don't go without exploring italybeyondtheobvious.com. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. It's 2020, and a whole new year stretches out before us. What kind of people are we going to be this year? I hope we are people who support each other, who tip the people in our lives, who help us live better. Just yesterday, I tipped my server when I met a friend for dinner. The day before, I tipped my barista. This show, The Bittersweet Life, is a lot of work. 20 hours a week or more. And I remember the day when I made more money working in a bar, waiting on a couple for 40 minutes. Because we forget with art, don't we? We forget that it's work, that it's hard work. So this year, don't forget to tip your podcaster. I'm going to try to remember to do that too. We're on Patreon, search for The Bittersweet Life Podcast, or donate through PayPal at thebittersweetlife.net. There are links in the show notes, so it's super easy. Don't forget to tip your podcaster. Now on with the show. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Tiffany, you know, when you go through the holiday season, you hear all these romantic notions about snow for the entire month of December, how much you miss snow, how much you long for a white Christmas. Mm. It's in every Christmas card. It's in every movie special. It's in every song. And then you live in a place like Seattle where snow and the city do not agree with each other and then snow actually occurs. And you think all of those romantic notions straight out the window, what is this substance that's marring up my life? <laughs> Basically. And that's the reality of Seattle right now. We have snow. How much snow? Well, as we record this, we have snow. Yeah. By the time this airs on Monday, no doubt the snow will be gone because we really have what? An inch, an inch and a half. An inch and a half, that's it? That's it. I thought it was a snowmageddon. I thought it was like a couple feet. It's always a snowmageddon, Tiffany. It's always <laughs> a snowmageddon. It depends because if you're further to the north, like Everett, other places that are suburbs of Seattle or other cities near Seattle, they have more snow than we do. But like how much? Like give me inches. Oh, I don't even know. Two to three, four, maybe? Okay. The mountains, of course, are a total disaster. That's another story completely. Um, but Seattle got off pretty easily so far this time, unless it keeps going. But it is enough for everybody to start making jokes, stocking up on food, and also not going into work. So the jokes, of course, are they'll take a picture of a light dusting of snow on the front stoop in front of their house, and they'll say, can't get out, already eating the shoe leather off the bottom of my shoes. <laughs> the dog and the horses have run for the hills. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the truth of the matter is, and this is not the worst we've ever gotten, but the truth of the matter is, is that it's a very hilly city. Seattle is a very hilly place. Mm. It doesn't have a lot of snowplow infrastructure, and it uses a lot of those articulated buses, the ones that are double long, that bend in the middle. Mm. And when you get icy streets with a bus that bends in the middle, yeah. there are just buses that 
abandon themselves on the side of the road. <laughs> no. You're in for some trouble. This hasn't happened this particular time, but I think we're all traumatized from the times prior that the moment the flakes start falling, you start like biting your fingernails and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to be stuck in my house. All plans are off. But isn't that kind of wonderful? To me, that's what's great about snow. It's like it's an, a chance to hole up, not go to work, not go to school. And yes, you can go outside, but outside to play. That's what I love about snow. I mean, that's one of the many, many things I love about snow. That's true. It's all about what position you're in, I think. I mean, you work from home. Like, you have it easy. I do work from home. But, uh, you know, at the same time, you still have to cancel plans. My writing group was supposed to meet. That's not happening. Yeah, but I mean, okay, Katie, but like how many, like how often does this happen? Once every two years? No, it's starting to happen every year. Oh, God, once a year. How do you handle it? (laughs) No, it was worse when I was working for the local NPR station because that's when there's a really big dividing line among the station staff. There are people who are considered, quote unquote, essential staff. Mm -hmm. And there are people who are non-essential staff. Now, besides the insult of being considered (laughs) non-essential, the non-essential people are the people that get to stay home if it snows. They can work from home. They could take the day off. Whatever. They don't need to make it up. It's fine. It's a snow day. The essential people are the people that have got to, no matter where they are, find their way across the city, and they better be showing up to that station on time. And that was the position that I was in. Of course. And so I'd be on a bus. It would jackknife. The bus driver would kick everybody off. And I'd be left walking through ice and snow to be able to get there by 730 in the morning. Yeah. And nobody in nobody in Seattle has proper snow gear. Either. Oh gosh, like no. nobody has snow boots. Nobody has like the big parkas. Yeah, there's no traction. You know, people are just sliding all over the street. It might be changing. But in the, the more regular this gets, it will probably will be changing. We do have more snow plows now than we did say 10 years ago in the city you see them staged around okay when the snow is coming but but anyway it got me thinking this romantic notion of snow versus certain cities that do not like snow or handle snow well and i just thought it would be kind of fun to explore Mm -hmm. because i mean for a lot of people snow is just the yearly reality I, i grew up in minnesota snow was not a crippling thing it was just a part of the year you know it was it was three months it was five months you know yeah it was six months if you lived in montreal like i did for three winters i find that snow is considered more romantic by the people who live in cities like seattle or rome who don't get snow very often don't you feel i don't know it's so prolific in the Christmas lexicon <laughs> that that I don't really know. I, w- I was in this reverie of snow. I was looking up different quotes of snow. And do you know who the poet Mary Oliver is? I don't think so. She died really recently, and, but she's like a brilliant writer about the intersection of life and nature. And this is what she wrote. And I don't know where she lived, but I imagined her in some sort of beautiful cabin in the woods. <laughs> She wrote, snow was falling so much like stars filling the dark trees that one could easily imagine its reason for being was nothing more than prettiness. Now, at night in Seattle, when it's first coming down, I get that. (laughs) I totally get that. In the morning, its reason for being becomes something totally different. But yeah, that's an interesting thought. Do people romanticize snow when it's rare? I would think so, because you just, you get so sick of it. Like it becomes, like you said, a fact of life, a fact of winter. It, you know, maybe the first snow of the year is exciting. 
I'm trying to remember because I've lived in places where it almost never snows, which is Rome, or very rarely snows, Seattle, to places where it snows constantly, like Montreal and even Boston, but Montreal even more. Montreal, it's ridiculous how much it snowed. I can't even believe that I lived there sometimes. I just, I will never forget being in the cafeteria at my university. It was April, Katie. It was like <laughs> late April and it hadn't snowed in like a month. And I looked out the window and the snow was just totally coming down like fast and hard. And I looked at one of my friends and I said, like nobody seemed at all phased by it. And I was like, what is going on outside? And he said, oh, there's always one last snowstorm towards the end of April. It's like at the beginning of the year, you know, when it starts snowing in October, it's wonderful. But then you get really sick of it really fast, I think, in cities like Montreal or places like Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's those common sights, too, when you live in a snowy city that you don't really see when you don't. Common sights like in Minnesota, I don't know about Montreal, but the bottoms of cars would always be rusted out because of all the salt that they put on the roads. Yeah, I just remember seeing, I just remember my boots being covered in salt always. There's white stains on all my boots all the time. Yeah, yeah. Or kids in snowsuits. I, I was thinking too, when I think back to Minnesota, I was wondering if your love of snow or your appreciation for it or non-appreciation for it has everything to do by how much you are hindered by it. And as a kid, and particularly you know, in Minnesota where snow is pretty common and the roads are fine to drive on because they plow them out and make them safe like from the very beginning. As a kid, the only harassment you have when it snows like a blizzard is that you have to get in a snowsuit before you go out to play, you know, which is a big pain in the butt when you're a kid. Or you've, you're waiting for the school bus and you have to be in a particularly sharp wind in a snowdrift or something like that. But otherwise, it's not really slowing you down. Now, I think about Minnesota from my parents' perspective, where my dad has to be out shoveling the driveway all the time. That's um, true. My mom hosted a big Christmas one year and everybody got stuck in a blizzard and the house was full of people for God. way longer than she ever anticipated. I mean, for them, it must have been such a pain. For me, I was like, I love snow. Let's get outside. Let's go sledding. Let's do this. Let's do that. And yeah, as an adult, in a city that's extremely ill-equipped for snow, the joy is lessened. Yeah. That's not to say I can't appreciate it. I can appreciate that it's pretty. Yeah. I mean, like you said, Seattle, I'm going to take your word for it, be better equipped to deal with snow now. But I remember when I was a kid, like they would cancel school for a dusting of snow. <laughs> One of those snow dustings where like the grass didn't even like fully get covered. They would cancel school for that. So if they're doing better, I appreciate that. I remember one winter in Seattle and we got like two or three feet of snow in Seattle one winter. Two or three feet. I mean, two or three feet is a lot for any city, any major city where, you know, they have to like really work hard to clean the streets and pile up all the snow. Two to three feet in one day is a lot of snow. But for Seattle at that time, you could forget it. You couldn't get anywhere. In fact, we were stuck, my mom and my sister and I, well, we were stuck at school. She managed to make it to the school. I don't know how she made it to the school, but we couldn't get out. We couldn't leave. We couldn't get out. We ended up being stuck at Bellevue Square at Nordstrom of all places. Bellevue Square is a mall, just for everyone who's not from Seattle. It was down the street from my, my school. And I just have these really clear memories of being in Nordstrom and Nordstrom like 
letting us in the whole mall was closed but they let us in and like they found someone to make soup (laughs) and and they were taking care of us we were there like all day into the night I want to say because there was no way for us to get home yeah it's crazy when things like that happen I don't have a point with this I'm just reminiscing no no I I mean you know everybody who's lived in Seattle knows that if the snow goes on long enough the entire side of the freeway will be littered with abandoned cars uh you know and it's not that they definitely have crashed or anything like that it's just the man in his bmw who's never driven in the snow in his life has just decided it's better to just take to the feet and hope for the best than it is to try to continue on forward so yes getting trapped places is definitely a thing and not only that we lived in a suburb of Seattle called Mercer Island which is a somewhat isolated island I guess except the freeway runs through it that was full of big trees and you get one to two feet of snow and all of the power lines collapse and all of the trees fall over and so it's weeks or days without power also i remember that maybe it was the same storm of being power powerless (laughs) Um, (laughs) with my parents and you know with the lack of power was the lack of heat and by day three I was crawling into their bed in the morning because I was so cold in my back bedroom. Plus, we only had a fireplace in one spot where you could shut the door. And so we all were in this tiny office room huddled around the fire because it was the only room we could keep warm enough to be in. It was just, ugh. See, you, you, you say, ugh, but I, those were like my most cherished memories of childhood doing things like that. Yeah. 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 And I think about it now and I'm like, oh, my gosh. That would be so exciting if the power went out. Like, I must still be a kid inside because, I mean, I know I am. But I remember losing power as well. I think it was a different storm. There was a big, terrible storm. It was like right around the time that Clinton was inaugurated, if I remember. Oh, my gosh, we just totally dated ourselves there. But anyway, we were little tiny, tiny kids. You guys remember Clinton, right? Yeah. <laughs> we were babies, really. And I just remember the same thing. We were sleeping in the, the living room where the fireplace was. And, you know, we had our candles. And to me, those are like the happiest memories of childhood. Now, whether or not those have anything to do with snow, I, I can't remember. But I love stuff like that. I love anything that just disrupts the routine. I think I always enjoy. Yeah. I think that's why I like snow. It totally disrupts the routine. Well, let's talk about Rome and snow. Has it only snowed one major time in your 15 years of living there? No, it has snowed twice, believe it or not. Two times. Twice, yeah. And it's very, very rare. It's kind of crazy that it snowed not two years in a row, but one year and then two years after. It was both times it was February. And if I'm not mistaken, it was 2010 and 2012. I'm I'm 99% sure those are the years. Before 2010, it had been 24 or 25 years since it had snowed in Rome. So that just shows you how rare it is. It did snow one more time, actually. I'm lying. I said twice. It's been three times now because there was a time when Aurelio was around. And so I guess that must have been 2017. So three times. Sorry. Very close. I actually looked up an article about the most recent time, 2018. 2018. Very, very recently. February 26th, 2018. 2018. Yeah. Okay. Snowmageddon in Rome. It's always February. Yeah. It always snows in February in Rome. Well. So 2010, 2012, and 2018. Okay. And in this article, of course, they talk about the typical things of any city that doesn't expect snow, which is the public transportation getting screwed up and the closing of the schools and the stranding of the cars and all that stuff. But they also talked a lot about people sort of reveling in it in this article. And I I loved this quote. I'm going to read you this quote. 
This was by a writer named Elisabetta Povolito from the New York Times. She said, People tobogganed in Rome's public parks on makeshift sleds. Garbage bags appeared to be the preferred, if potentially painful, material. And a few hardy individuals strapped on skis to slalom in Circus Maximus once the site of chariot races. Another person she quotes calls the snow in Rome a spectacle, both enchanting and surreal. I love the idea of people who never get snow just grabbing a trash bag and trying to sled down a hill on it is very ambitious not to mention dragging somebody on a garbage bag across cobblestones sounds so miserable uh, it really shows the joy <laughs> that people were feeling okay i saw this actually <laughs> i witnessed it so i'll briefly describe my experiences with roman snow the first roman snow that i witnessed was in 2010 and it was very very light there was hardly any snow um it fell really heavy and really fast for like an hour or two in the morning and then the sun came out the temperature rose and it was literally completely gone by the afternoon when i woke up and i saw that it was snowing i immediately left my house i was living in trastevere at the time i went straight to the pantheon because i wanted to see the snow coming in through the oculus in the pantheon and i did and i have a picture of it you can't see it very well because it was so much warmer inside the pantheon that the, the snowflakes melted after they were inside for a couple feet and so it's not like there was snow on the ground and then i just took a walk around the city and because it was snowing so hard and so fast. Some of the pictures are really great. I have a picture in St. Peter's Square and uh, in front of Castel Sant'Angelo. But then it was gone. And there wasn't like, you know, you could sit and play in the snow because it just, it, it was there and it was gone. Second time, it snowed overnight in uh, 2012. And Claudio got up at the crack of dawn to go take pictures. I went a little bit later in the morning and I went for a long walk with a friend around the city. And that time, it stuck around for like a day and a half. And that's the time that I remember going to Circus Maximus and seeing people sledding and skiing. And yes, people had garbage bags, people had garbage lids. It was crazy. It was amazing to see. The Circus Maximus was entirely covered in snow. Kids were having so much fun. I took some really great pictures that day as well. Again, it was gone after maybe a day, like 24 hours. And then the last time I was living here, you know, I was living in the outskirts as I live now. And so there was no way for me to get into the center and the same sort of thing. It snowed overnight, but Aurelio had a great time playing in our courtyard and he still talks about it. And uh, he says, you know, when is it going to snow again? And I say, maybe never. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we have had the warmest and sunniest January. I can ever remember. It's been sunny every single day since new year. And it gets up to the like, mid 50s during the day so i don't see any snow anytime soon but you never know february is the month that it always snows in rome so if it snows in rome it'll be february yeah when you talk about wandering around rome covered in snow that brings me back to these romantic notions because i could totally get behind that i mean rome is such a walkable place mm -hmm. and it has so many amazingly beautiful things to see that covered in snow would be even more beautiful the turtle fountain for example yes next time you get snow and hit last i'm i'm on a plane i'm i'm on my way <laughs> <laughs> only the plane won't be able to land yeah the thing is it just doesn't last long because it's never very cold here you know it might get cold overnight or for a day or two it just melts right away the thing about rome is when you laugh at cities like seattle especially if you're from a snowy city you laugh at cities like seattle for like not being able to handle the snow 
But Rome, they will cancel school here if there's a prediction of heavy rain. <laughs> yeah. It's so ridiculous. It drives me insane. I can totally get behind the idea of canceling school for snow because if you don't have the snow plows, you don't have the snow plows. Like, what are you going to do? It's truly dangerous to drive in the snow. But here, like a month or two ago, it was supposed to rain all day and they canceled all the schools. And I remember hearing some rumors about this and I thought, no, it's not possible. And then I saw the official thing from the mayor and I thought, this is the stupidest thing ever. And then it didn't even rain very hard. It was like regular day with a little bit of rain. And people will say, well, no, you know, Rome is not, it's not equipped to handle the rain. We've got these drains that are all backed up and it could flood the city. And, you know, some streets do flood. It's true. But it's like, really? Do you really need to cancel school for a little bit of rain? It's just ridiculous to me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, they must be uh, worried about some flash flooding or something. Luckily, those walls have been built around the Tiber, so it no longer floods all the way into the center of the city every time you get rain. Yeah, no, it, the flooding was a major problem up until the late 1800s, for sure. It was like, you know, people died. It was it was serious. So maybe it's built into the cultural DNA then. <laughs> maybe, but it's been like 150 years since they built the embankment, so... <laughs> well... Wherever you are listening, if you're buried in snow or uh, laughing at us for our dusting of snow, please do let us know how you feel about it. For those friends of mine who are in Minnesota, I often use Minnesota as a guide to how I should be feeling where I'll go, oh my gosh, it's so cold outside. It's 32 degrees. And then I'll look at my phone and be like, what's it like in my old hometown? And it'll be seven. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'm going to go take a walk. But yeah, we'd love to hear your snow stories, what you love about it, what you don't love about it. Yep. If you want to send them to us, bittersweetlife at mail.com or the contact us page at thebittersweetlife.net. Oh, you can always reach us on social media. As you know, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for the Bittersweet Life Podcast. Are you going to be posting some of these Roman snow pictures? Do you think you still know where they are all these years later? Well, yeah. Of course, I know I know exactly where they are. My photos are very organized. All right. So I will just go to the 2010 and 2012 folders and I will pull them up. All right. And I will share them for sure. Sounds good. And if you're snowed in and you really want to support your favorite podcast, yes, we certainly could use it. I um, have gotten a few of the upcoming bills for our coming year and uh, a couple of them have me a little terrified. Ouch. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yes, we're redoing our website, so as you can imagine. <laughs> yes, we're trying to bring our website into the modern age because we want to be able to write articles and post pictures of these famous authors that are talking. And, and just have it look nice. And actually have some nimbleness, <laughs> add some real extra content. So if you want to read more about the places in Rome that Tiffany is recommending, you could actually go and see all the locations and stuff. So we're trying to make the website more useful, but... It's going to cost a fortune. So join us on Patreon. Just look for the Bittersweet Life podcast. Get a bunch of cool prizes there. Or if you want to do a one-time donation, find us on PayPal. There's a donate button at our website, thebittersweetlife.net. And until next time, I'm going to try to not fall down on the street next time I'm out and about. In the meantime, you can make a snow angel. Oh, okay. I mean, I know you're not going to. No. But... There's not enough snow. Oh, oh God, that's, <laughs> that's sad. That's the irony. That's... I, I, as I'm talking to you, I can see outside. And I can see snow, but I can also see grass. Hmm. So, Sounds like a typical Seattle snowstorm. That's right. Storm in quotation marks. Yes. 
we get concerned enough about our transit and about the state of the hummingbirds. <laughs> so I'm going to go refill the hummingbird feeder as well. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Bye. Thanks to those of you who regularly support us through Patreon or PayPal. You know who you are. We know who you are. And you've probably gotten a thank you note from us in the mail. Don't forget to tip your podcaster. There are easy links to donate in the show notes. Thanks to the latest folks who tip their podcaster this week. Our hello to Klaus, Julie, Heather, and Terry. You keep this show going with your support and commitment. Thank you so much. (laughs) 